And we are back. You have no idea how good it feels to say it. We are back here on another season, another year of fantasies from the bedroom where we make all of your fantasies come true. I am your host, Jake Weiss. And as fate would have it, COVID, my work from home situation has brought me back where? To the bedroom. So we're truly coming to you live from there, sitting right in front of my bed. It is 9.03 on a Tuesday, September 14th, week one just ended. Holy shit, are we pumped. We've all season, and of course, kicking off the season right, Akko and I are in last fucking place. So I feel right at home. The Mets are under 500. They did just take two or three from the Yankees. It was fucking awesome, but still... It's not the greatest time in the sports life. And also, I have a little bit of a cough, sore throat. I'm fine. Don't fucking worry. Just saying, if you hear a cough here or there, or if the voice doesn't sound normal, I apologize. I know you it, You know you desire high quality from me, but I promise I'll give you high quality on the pod itself. We got a packed, packed pod today. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little, little, little Draft recap, just a teensy bit. Then we're going to hit you, obviously, with the week one recap and immediately look at our week two preview. There's so many things I want to do this year. Honestly, I just have not had the time to think through it. Hoping to get a lot of you on for interviews. After next week, my life comes down, so I want to do a lot more with the pod this year, so get excited. For right now, we will just have our fun. And what I want to just talk about with the draft recap is obviously the most fascinating part of this year was the two-quarterback league. And it was just really, really interesting to see uh, all the quarterbacks get moved up. We had three go in the first round and then another three go in the second. So just from there alone, right, you think about it, I don't think we've had a quarterback draft in the first round since, like, Peyton Manning in 2015, maybe Mahomes a couple years ago, but six in the first two rounds really changes the draft dynamic. And of course, the thing that kicked everything off, fucking Rosen and Mesh going Mahomes won. <clears throat> Obviously, Akko and I won the ability to pick wherever we drafted. We said to everybody think that's because we wanted Mahomes. We assumed we would get him, but the logic was there are two really good players, each the best at their position, McCaffrey and Mahomes. We didn't really care who we got. Yes, we'll admit we assumed because of Rosen's, um, Rosen gets orgasms over drafting running backs that that they would go McCaffrey one. Clearly, that's not the way they felt this year as they went and took only one running back in, in the first uh, five rounds, uh, and that's Miles Sanders. So very different strategy from them. That led us to take McCaffrey. That means all of you should put futures bets on McCaffrey getting hurt again because Akko and I have no luck at all. Uh, and then, of course, the other best part of the draft, no kickers and defenses. So I think that'll actually increase the likelihood of some later round keepers because I think in the other drafts, rounds like 12, 13, whatever, you were either drafting second QBs and there wasn't a need there or you were drafting kickers, defenses, what have you. Now there's a chance that legitimate players in, I think, the last, like, four rounds could really be keepers. Uh, if I Something fun that I wanted to do is predict 
keepers for next year. Now, Akko told me everyone's just going to keep quarterbacks, right? That at the end of the day, it's like, <coughs> you know, especially the young quarterbacks, you think like Trevor Lawrence in the eighth next year for Robbie and Justin's a really good pick, or they also have Justin Fields, right? Like so something like that could be the case. Uh, some early predictions. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I'm just going to fall back. Like Jamar Chase in the 10th is a great pick. I wonder if Corey Davis emerges as a good enough wide receiver to be worthy of being kept in the 10th for uh, Dave and Hank. Devontae Smith in the 12th for Statman and Mitch. I could easily see that being a keeper. Henry Ruggs for Mesh and Rosen. Love him late. It's why we took Jalen Waddle late. Uh, you know, and I would love nothing more than for Zach Wilson to be worthy of a keeper in the 13th round. It's actually an interesting strategy, even if Dave and... Hank end up dropping him for whatever reason or what have you. Him getting drafted rather than being one of the few QBs undrafted makes him a potential keeper. So some interesting keeper strategy that I think really kicked off with the Michael Thomas pick in the 10th round. One of the more interesting picks of the draft is that he's a potential keeper as well. So a lot of interesting <coughs> items here. No really best picks or worst picks. I think it's really, really hard to judge. Uh, we'll see. So... That was a little draft recap uh, brought to you by nobody because this shit isn't sponsored. But if you know anybody who wants to pay, let me know. Uh, and let's get to it. So week one, you know, I always do my team last. So we'll start with FC Transylvania versus the Machines, Mesh and Rosen versus Jay and Brent. And it's going to be fucking hard, guys. Let me tell you, it's like. Obviously, I guess you have the projected score so I can measure what was a good week for uh, what was a good week as, like, above projected. But really, really tough to tell. Like, it's funny to think that last year I would have said, ah, a score of 151 by the Machines to 133 by FC Transylvania. Wow, both really good weeks. But I guess the reality is, like, for the Machines, they went 15 points above projection, which if you think about volume of players right in the old league is probably, like, 8 points above projection. So that's a good week. That's good. And Mesh and Rosen came in eight points under projection. So it's like, you know, you look at the amount of it, but let's get into it. So starting on the losing side, I mean, they're, you know, it was hilarious. They Mesh and Rosen were so loud and so gung-ho. We're putting all of our money in on the San Francisco 49ers. We're drafting four of them. And I want to make it clear. <coughs> they drafted four San Francisco 49ers. In order, it was... Uh, Raheem Mostert. Actually, I don't know if this order is right. I think it's Raheem Mostert, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Sermon, and Trey Lance. But point is, those four 49ers, Ayuk, Mostert, Sermon, and Lance, combined for 6.6 .6 points. Now, they only started Mostert and Ayuk, who combined for two. But still, uh, not necessarily positive for the uh, all-in on the San Francisco 49ers train. I know there was one other team who went all-in on a team uh, in Robbie and Justin, I think that was a little bit more successful. But that's really why Mesh and Rosen lost the week. Otherwise, their team was pretty phenomenal, right? The only other dub was Michael Pittman, but Mesh and Rosen get nearly 60 points from their two quarterbacks, which is a dream every week, right? That's the whole reason from a 2QB league. The pairing of Mahomes and Stafford is probably a top two or three QB pairing in this league, uh, most notably with Statman and Mitch having Murray and Wilson. But Rosen and Mesh get... Fine performance from DK, 
honestly a pretty good performance from Miles Sanders. I'm pretty down on him. They get the monster performance from Travis Kelsey they're going to get every week. And then they get a very solid performance from the pickup Tyshawn Williams or Tyson Williams. So already Mesh and Rosen doing their whole running back thing. They only had to pay $9 for him. I feel like everyone overestimated how much he was going to cost, so nobody bid. And then now he only went for uh, $9, puts up 17 points. I don't think it's necessarily replicable, but solid over there. On the other side, Jay and Brent, you know, I thought one of the worst keepers in the league with uh, DeAndre Swift in the ninth. It was their best keeper they could have. I thought he was not a great keeper. You know, he goes and uh, just takes a dump on my chest with a nice little 20-point uh, performance. I didn't like Jalen Hurts. This is literally a team of other than Nick Chubb, and they have a couple other guys, but a team of guys like I didn't want to draft. I didn't want to draft Jalen Hurts. I didn't want to draft Deontay, DeAndre Swift. I didn't want to draft Thielen. I didn't want to draft Devontae Adams. I didn't want to draft Higby. And granted, only, only really Thielen and Swift played well. Adams disappointing, Higby fine. I really liked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He stunk. But, you know, great performance from Hurts, solid from Burrow, and then just 20 from Swift, 22, 21 from Chubb, 26 from Thielen. Uh, this team's good. I don't know if either of these teams are incredible. I honestly need to continue to read the league. Um, again, I don't love Thielen. And the machines have Jerry Judy. You know, the machines last year were riddled with injuries. So it's only fitting that Jerry Judy go down week one. Uh, this, You know, this was a matchup. A lot of the – this team, both these teams have some injured guys. Mesh and Rosen uh, have Mostert, who's now out forever. Luckily, they have Sermon behind them. Will be interesting to see if by, <coughs> by this time tomorrow if they have uh, – how much they put on Eli Mitchell or did they let him go. All of it will be very interesting to follow, but great first matchup. And before I keep going, I realize that a whole uh, five minutes on the draft without thanking and calling out Matt Meshberg and Gloria Meshberg. That's right, Gloria Meshberg, Glow Mesh 2K, uh, for hosting us for the draft. Incredible apartment, incredible time there. Uh, just really, really nice. I will say in-person drafts are less fun when then everyone's on the phone with someone else. So I'm wondering if we do an offline draft going forward where you could still be on the phone with other people, but you don't have the time constraints. Who knows? I'd like to push for more of us to come in person next year. Maybe we do a destination. More info to come, but awesome host. And shout out Statman coming in from Colorado. It was amazing to see you. Uh, it was just a really good time. Miss everyone in this league. Uh, hope to see you all soon. With that, we move on to the next one. Our reigning champs, Brian and Jason, cup half full. The best grade of any draft with an A. Going up against Swirlies for the loser, Weissman and Cass, and Brian and Jason get their teeth, teeth kicked in, though not as badly as we did, let it be known. But real bad, lose by over 20 to Swirlies for the loser. And for Brian and Jason, their first two picks. Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley. They chose to pick 10th. Clearly, they had something in mind what they wanted. I have to imagine, knowing Jason, it was all part of a grandmaster plan, and their two guys put up a combined 6.4 points. No, I don't think I, you know, I think for both Jones and Barkley, barring injury, this is probably their lowest scoring point total of the week. But obviously, real disappointing and a bummer to have that happen and go. And have such poor performance. 
They also played Elijah Moore, who scored a total of .2. Love the Jets homer from you, Jason, but rookie wide receiver with a rookie quarterback on a bad team in week one, not necessarily who I would have started. Honestly, though, this team got good performances from Brady. Debo Samuel had what I imagine is going to be his best week, So, and Daryl Henderson looked good. So I wouldn't be miserable if I was this team. Obviously, you're a little concerned. If Jones and Barkley aren't good, it's going to be a long climb up for this team. But put up 111 with a, you know, a, like I said, a mediocre middling performance that's kind of just your top players not showing up. And this is a team with Brady and Mayfield. They waited a long time to take uh, quarterback and Baker with their backup. I don't love their quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, on the other side... Weissman and Kess, <coughs> see I told you guys I have the cough, I know it probably sucks over the pod, but I'm doing this for you. Weissman and Kess had 19 points combined from their fucking quarterbacks. 19, and 1 and 1 by 20. So I feel like we're all dreaming of weeks like that. Uh, they had a monster, you know, every wide receiver and running back put up big points. Led by Tyreek Hill. I watched every minute of that game. Holy shit, is Tyreek Hill unstoppable? I actually don't know what you do. Uh, Kamara had like a good week with 16.6, and I think it, it was it's going to be like his worst week of the year. Mixon looked great. Look, I do this every fucking year. I love Weissman and Kess's team after week one. I always think they're one of the best teams. I feel like they always win after week one. I declare them the best team, which is what I would potentially do now. And then they go and they suck for the rest of the year. So I don't want to put my curse on them. I got to go look at some of the other teams. I don't love their quarterbacks in Matt Ryan and Big Ben. And Julio looked like shit and then got shit on by Mike Vrabel for the penalty. So who knows what's going on there in Tennessee. But uh, I really do love this team. Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon as a top set running backs and wide receivers. is uh, That's tough to fuck around with. So we'll see how uh, this team continues to fare. But... They def Weissman and Kess defeat the reigning champs uh, and sit in fourth place. I was trying to think of something more clever to say about them, but uh, just a good overall win for them. Heading into our next matchup, it is it was fitting, everybody. It was fitting that even just after Thursday night football, Morning Woodhead was against a team in Peyton's Man Thing who had had Dak Prescott and Antonio Brown go and put up nearly a combined 50 points. And that Morning Woodhead was against somebody who's high scoring. And it's ironic that Morning Woodhead went up against the third highest score, the fourth highest scoring team this week. Now, unlike Morning Woodhead's past performance, they actually went out and scored more and actually got a win. But. Statman and Mitch, I don't understand what it is about them, but they always have the most points against. But this year, on a warpath to also have the most points for, they put up nearly 160, league high for the week, 10 points above everybody else, and they beat out Jackson and A, Peyton's man thing at 141.74. So, great week all around. We'll start as we always do with the loser. On, on Peyton's man thing side, they had one, they had one, two guys, perform under 10 points. The tough part for them is one of them was Derrick Henry at 9.2 and the other was Aaron Rodgers at 2.32. So 
mean, that's your first round pick, and then I'm guessing Rodgers was like a fifth at worst, maybe, or something like that. So those are two high picks that both uh, perform poorly. Now, on the other side, those feel like the more likely to continue to perform well, and then you say, is the rest of our team just really good? Uh, so I always think it's interesting. They have two Carolina wide receivers in Moore and Robbie Anderson. I've done this before in fantasy. It's always tricky when you have two guys on the same team. This this week it worked out. They both put up 12, but it's always one of those, like, can they both be that good? And it's just ironic. I don't hate the move, but you don't think of the Panthers' offense as the offense to have two guys from. So, But overall, really good performance for Peyton's man thing. Again, Rodgers and Henry killing them. I mean, fuck Aaron Rodgers in that performance. He did have a funny quote today that it was he got he had a nut shot. Uh, he got hit in the nuts, and that's why he threw the pick. So, I don't know, just sharing some funny stuff with you. But Peyton's man thing is a very good team. I got to say, I really do like it. On the other side, <coughs> Statman and Mitch were the only team to go with the 2QB, two 2-round two strategy. They fully embrace our new league, and they took Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson with the first two picks, and it paid off as those two combined for 61 points the most of any quarterback combined total this week. So at least in week one, the bet paid off. But part of the reason the bet pays off is if you do that and then your skill players stink, it's not as helpful. But they got a big week from Tyler Lockett and a monster week from their keeper, Darren Waller, and then solid weeks, you know, Cooks with 16, Damian Harris with 11, but really carried by those four guys at the top. Will be very interesting to see if this team maintains the level of success with those two quarterbacks or is it hey you know does this team need those two quarterbacks to score 50 or above every week uh in order to succeed uh, unclear but they get the 61 this week they get the high point total they get the the w good for them uh ironically enough if i'm looking correctly statman and mitch still the only team without a co-manager it's still just statman and I'm guessing Mitch doesn't listen to this either, so I don't think he'll be offended by me calling that out. But uh, just a little appreciation for Statman kind of doing it on his own. And uh, one other note, because I'm looking at Peyton's man thing. I don't know if any of you watched the Monday Night Football game. Loved the Peyton and Eli broadcast. Absolutely loved it. Really excited to see all of that. Love that they're doing more things like that. Interested to hear what you all think. Uh, and as you can imagine, that's my dream job, not to necessarily do the live commentary, but to get to kind of fuck around while the real game is going on. All right. We're through, uh, more than half the games. We go to what was undoubtedly the matchup of the week. It's a matchup. You know, there's so much behind it. We come in, it's David and Henry versus Robbie and Justin. It's red versus blue. Honestly, there were two red versus blue matchups, and uh, they split. But there's just so much history here. There's ex-partners, David and Justin, ex-partners. There's, uh, there's you know, <coughs> Rangers and Islanders. There's just so much going on here. And this one came down to the wire. And unbelievably, I mean, if you're Robbie and Justin sitting there with... First when the Raiders have the ball, and then they give it back to the Ravens, and then the, I mean, it, the Ravens do what they do, and then the fumble. I mean, just as incredible of a matchup as there could have been. 
Lamar fumbling, unreal, unreal to lose like that. It literally felt like a home field advantage again. Uh, Robbie and Justin pull off the victory. If we look at the matchup, uh, David and Henry, you know, David and Henry get have Lamar and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. They get fine performances from both. They get 38 combined. Robbie and Justin had only 43 combined from their guys. So, granted, they only lost by two, but that's not where David and Henry are going to be kicking themselves. Where David and Henry, and they can't really be kicking themselves. David and Henry had Corey Davis on the bench with 24. So, they played T. Higgins, realistically, was the wide receiver, because I think you're going to play Cup. They played T. Higgins over Corey Davis. I think most pundits would have agreed with that decision. Obviously, they're going to be kicking themselves. I don't know if Corey Davis is putting a 24-point performance again. And then David and Henry, they get shit from Zeke on Thursday, shit from Mike Evans on Thursday, right? Those guys combined for 8.8 total points together. So everyone else played pretty well. I actually like their team. (coughs) Them having Latavius Murray at running back could be a saving grace for the course of the season because they don't have a lot of depth at running back. Uh, But... Um, I'm never unhappy to see David lose. So sorry, Henry. Happily to see this at 0-1. On the other side, gang green new deal. Love the homage to the Jets, to the socialism. It's amazing. It's uh, a a fine throwback to uh, Bernie Sanders for Prez. It feels like the modern one. I'm just waiting for when this team's team name becomes AOC for Prez. Right, if the idea is to be ten years early on a presidential candidate, feels very likely. With that, for this team, uh, you know, this team is fascinating. I want to be clear, everybody. This team started in week one, three rookies and two second-year guys. So they had Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, and Najee Harris as three rookies. And then Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb, both the second-year guys. Now, obviously, Jefferson and Lamb, some established second-year guys, and they both played well. But fascinating to just see how many young guys in fantasy starting lineups early. This team almost got burned because both Pitts and Harris did not play well, combined 10 points. Now, I attribute both of those to just rookie growing pains. Uh, Atlanta just looked like shit. The Steelers, it seemed like Buffalo defense was really good, and then they were behind, so there was a lot of passing. Trevor Lawrence did the thing where, like, he he didn't play very well, and it was all garbage time, but for fantasy purposes, you don't care because <laughs> he accumulated 21 points. So what's interesting about this team is I think they were the latest team to draft a quarterback, so they go with Kirk and Trevor Lawrence. Now, this week, Kirk and Trevor Lawrence each put up 20, so they, they got 42, 43 combined if you add it all up. They outscored their opponent at quarterback, and I think we're probably middle of the pack in the league for total quarterback points, maybe even in the top three or four. And to be the team that waited that long and to get that performance, that's huge for them. Because I think they're probably assuming they're losing the quarterback battle by 10 to 15 points every week, and they're going to have to overcome that. But they have Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Allen Robinson, and then Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Gaskin, and Pitts. Like, they have such stellar skill position players. But this week, quarterbacks come through. No skill position player over 20 points. A couple, you know, three of them under seven points, adding Allen Robinson in. But they sneak the victory in uh, just like... uh, 
I was going to say just like Gavin Newsom might sneak in this upcoming gubernatorial election, but we don't need to get too political on this podcast. We'll, we'll keep it light here. We'll go to the, the final matchup of the week, the absolute smackdown of the week. Uh, Aka Weissenko, I think, projected to be like one of the two highest scoring point teams. We put up, instead of our 145 projected, we put up 94. We get our asses handed to us by the no longer Buffalo real estate, but Tampa real estate. Connor and Pot kick our fucking teeth in. Uh, we'll start with us. Uh, really, really not a lot to be excited about. Started off really well with Ronald Jones putting up a negative .6 to kick off our season. Felt right. Then continued with our two quarterbacks putting up a combined 28 points. The multiple quarterbacks in fantasy outscored our combined, including Jameis Winston across the board. Then our second round pick, Calvin Ridley, had seven points. Our fifth, our sixth and whatever fit picks... Uh, Mike Davis and Mark Andrews had 8.7 and 3.5. Like, it was a disaster. Our team's a fucking nightmare. There's a real chance that we have by far the worst team in the league. It's not like our bench was amazing. This could be a nightmare from the beginning. Now, obviously, a lot of the, it's week one. We don't want to overreact. Uh, and, and things can change, but not a lot to be excited about. I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope Christian McCaffrey starts putting up 40 every week again. He put up 23. It felt like he could have put up a million more. Look, I could sit here and tell you about how Herbert had like multiple possessions in the red zone, didn't score. McCaffrey had three red zone possessions. He never got a touchdown. Davis had two red zone possessions. He never scored. Tannehill, that team, you know, Chris Jones sacked him five or Chandler Jones sacked him five times. He had no chance. Really? I could sit here and give you all the reasons why it easily could have been a week where we scored 130. It's not worth it. Just because I think it or I'm crossing my fingers and dreaming it means you don't need to hear it. Our team probably sucks. The good news is, although you obviously want to accumulate total points as much as possible for tiebreakers, and it really is important, and this week is fucking terrible for us that we had that, of all the weeks to not play well, it, it always sucks to put up 135 and then lose when you have, like, the fourth most in the league or whatever. Connor and Pot had a great, great week. Uh, it started off on Thursday night when Amari Cooper went for 32 and Godwin went for 19. We should have known it was over then when the score was 51.4 to negative 6. We probably did. Honestly, from there on in, we essentially were even. That's one fun way to think about it. Uh, even though they had had two guys go and we only had one. But from there on in, we were even. Uh, so, we, you know, we tied on Sunday. Fuck you guys. Uh, story of their week, though. Obviously, they had those good performances. Hopkins was great. Story for them is Jameis Winston, a late quarterback uh, selection, put up 29.6. Now, I don't think he's going to have anything close to that kind of week again. But who knows? It's exciting. Clearly, that means... They're going to like to throw. And for this team to win and put up this kind of points on a week where Josh Allen was somewhat mediocre with 17, James Robinson sucked, and Marcus Calloway and Robert Tunyon put up a combined 3.7. I mean, this team on its bench has Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt, who I love, Brian Edwards, who everybody likes, and, of course, the, one of the 10 highest-paid running backs in fucking football, Naheem Hines. I like this team a lot. Uh, I think that... I think I'm going to do it, team. 
I think that I'm looking at Tampa real estate, and I'm, I'm taking depth into account here. It's probably my favorite bench I've looked at today. I'm going to declare them my favorite team in the league. To me, the favorite to win it all. And I'm going to say the team that I put second. Ah, fuck, I want to say Peyton's man thing. I absolutely hate the DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson thing. If they could just solve that, I would probably put them in the two slot. For now, I will. I will, without hesitation, slot Akko and myself in the 10th hole as the worst team. It's uh, where we are. It's fucking miserable. You want to know what sucks, guys? I do a few other fantasy leagues. Um, and whether or not you're willing to believe me, far and away, this is the one I care about the most. And not even just because it's for the most money. You guys are all my closest friends. It's just the pride thing. I don't know what it is. And so it's like I went 3-1 and one this weekend. I won in all three other leagues. It was awesome. And I'm miserable because we lost. Our team sucked. It's just, I hate it. I hate it. So, hoping things turn it around. Uh, looking at the uh, the waiver wire, which I like to do before we preview the next week. Thought it was fascinating that heading into the week, so there were the waiver claims, the only two <coughs> dollar-based waivers were Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray. And it's interesting. I get that Murray's probably the longer-term play, but Latavius Murray went from more than Tyson Williams, $11 to $9. Uh, interesting to see. It could just be that that's a result of smart budget management, or is there really um, you know, some thought out there that, uh, that Murray's going to take over? Ironically enough, until they added Elijah Moore, Jason and Brian also had Devonta Freeman, which means three Ravens running backs were owned. I just wonder how many teams have three running backs owned by them, and none of them are any of the injured guys. So just very interesting there. Uh, but with all that said, let's uh, let's head to week fucking two. We will uh, we'll start with Tampa Real Estate, my proclaimed number one against the Gang Green New Deal. Both 1-0 teams here, so somebody's going to be 2-0 and and likely battling for first place overall heading into week two. You know, the the part, the part, early part of the season that, that's different than when we look at this later is the rosters really don't change that much week to week. There's not bye weeks. We haven't really been hit by injuries. The only notable piece is, as of now, Connor and Pot have slotted Kareem Hunt into their lineup and benched Marquez Callaway. I think that's the right move. Uh, I loved Callaway, but Winston put up five TDs, and Callaway didn't really get any looks. Uh, and Cleveland's playing the Texans, so I think that they're going to, excuse me, probably score a lot of points and use both running backs pretty often. Uh, I like both teams here. I really do like Robbie and Justin's team. Uh, in particular, like even though they don't have quarterbacks I love, I, I just love their skill position, guys. But I'm a man of honor. And you can't say that Connor and Pot, I think, are the best team and then not pick them to win. So I'm going to go with Connor and Pot. Um, and I'm going to just uh, play the game that I like to play every year, and I think I've done it, but every year it only gets funnier. Like, I'm trying to wonder when is the last time that any of these four people saw each other in person. Uh, I mean, like, across the teams, like, When's the last time Connor or Pot saw Robbie or Justin? 
Uh, it's probably been a long time, and Justin in particular. So just a reminder that this league brings people together, but can't imagine there's a uh, very heated rivalry here <coughs> uh, among these four, but interested to see if any uh, shit-talking happens. That being said, th this is political battle number two and arguably even bigger as I would argue Robbie and Justin are bigger liberals than myself and Evan and that Pot and Connor probably more conservative than David and Hank. So whatever amount Pot and Connor taking down me and Ock last week was a political statement or the vice versa and the Robbie, Justin, David, Hank. This is truly the battle. Tampa real estate versus gang green new deal. DeSantis versus AOC. That was just referencing the uh, each of their team names and their locales. Not saying I support either political party. Excuse me. But that is matchup number one. And I'm picking Tampa real estate. Matchup number two. Reigning champs. Cup half full against, I want to say reigning champs from the year before that. The Machines, Brent and Jay, but it could be from a couple years before that. I always lose track. They all bunch together. Uh, but both, again, two good teams. You know, with, with Brian and Jason, obviously I think their team's going to bounce back. And, you know, they have a lot of good players. Until I see it from Aaron Jones and Saquon, I am going to lean against this team. Um, this is going to be a show-me reaction. So instead, Jay and Brent with that shitty fucking DeAndre Swift keeper uh, going for it. Though, with the injury to Jerry Judy, they are starting Goddard at the, one of their flex positions. That feels like something they could fix. Uh, hopefully, they move Judy to IR like smart people. But we will uh, we'll see if they get that figured out. Um, but ugh, I'm still picking them. But I don't like it as much that I picked them uh, because they are starring Goddard. And then obligatory Jason versus Jay. It's Battle of Tennis, right? They both played a lot of fucking tennis. Uh, this past weekend, Medvedev took down Djokovic, right? That's just a tennis reference just because we're talking tennis. I pay attention. Um, no real other storylines, I don't think, here. Uh, and I'm taking the machines, Jay and Brent, to win again uh, and stay near the top. We move to our next matchup. <clears throat> Morning Woodhead, Statman and Mitch versus Swirlies for the Loser, Kesson Weissman. Uh, this is quite the battle. These teams are in first and fourth. So we're going to have another 2-0 team guaranteed. Very, very exciting. Um, I've been trying to remember this whole time what the street was that Statman and Kess both lived on. I want to say it was called, like, Godwin Lane, but I could be totally wrong. But this is the battle of that. So, whatever. Right? It's what I'm going to... That, that's the closest I'm going to say. Um, and then, both of these teams are good, man. I told you I love the Swirlies for the loser... For a loser for the loser. Speaking of which, we need a fucking punishment. Dave still needs to do comedy. I feel like the punishments are made up. You just got to take the shame of being last, I guess. We'll, we'll look back into that. Um, I like Swirlies for the Losers team. 
They're, my concern is their quarterbacks, and I, re I really am worried about both Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger. So with that, I'm going to lean on Morning Woodhead because it seems like Kyler and Wilson both want to win the MVP, and it could be a great year to have both those guys as they just kind of keep fucking slinging the ball. So I'm going to take Swirlies for the loser. Good for you, Weissman and Cast. Uh, you win the battle of X fucking street that I can't remember. So not great podcast research for you all here. This is not my greatest episode either. I'm talking too much fantasy. Not enough storylines. I'm sorry, everybody, all right? I'm just trying to have some fun. Give me some feedback on what more things you want to see or hear. But anyway, second to last matchup, <clears throat> David and Henry. I'm not even going to read their team name. It's so fucking long. It cuts off versus Peyton's man thing, Jackson and Abe. Uh, I also like both of these teams. David and Henry have Corey Davis in their lineup now. Um, Peyton's man thing got Mike Williams in their lineup. <coughs> Excuse me. He replaced the Robbie Anderson thing. Holy shit. It's like they heard me without even knowing. They no longer have two Panthers receivers in their lineup. And I fucking love this lineup. I'm taking Peyton's man thing. Jackson and Abe. And uh, I look forward to seeing you both at the 10-year high school reunion. Hope life has been wonderful for uh, both of you. Um, with that, we move to the final matchup. Jake and Evan, our team, versus Mesh and Rosen. Akawais and Co. versus FC Transylvania. There's a lot of storylines here. Rosen and I won a championship together. Mesh is the old commissioner. Just ongoing rivalries. I literally hate losing. The only person I hate losing to more than Rosen is probably David. So there's just a lot at stake here. Um, oh, I also realized because they're going to fucking text me about it. No. The winner the year before last was Rosen and Mesh because it's when they beat Robbie and Justin in that stupid Aaron Jones game. So I think the year before that was Brent and Jay. There's a there's a Jackson and Abe year in there somewhere too, I want to say. But anyway, that's who won last year, so or two years ago, the other reigning champs. Uh, right now, they have an empty spot in their roster. And they're also still starting. I'm, I'm guessing they have a fuck ton of money in on that Elijah Mitchell guy. Um, or if Trey Sermon tells you they're going to put him in there because Mostert announced he's having season-ending surgery, right? Uh, so... Peace out to him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take us to win because I'm a fucking homer. I really don't like Mesh and Rosen's team that much, and they're kind of banged up. But they're playing the right team to be banged up. You want to know the shittiest part, guys? It's like Yahoo fucking loves our team. Everyone's in the double digits. Quarterbacks, it's like Yahoo's like, Jake and Nako, you're going to be great. I'm like, no, we're fucking not. Chill out. It would be awesome if our team wasn't terrible. We'll see. Shit sucks. Uh, but hopefully we win. Then we won't be in last place anymore. Uh, that'd be nice. So that's it. Uh, that is... We did a little draft recap. Again, shout out Mesh and Glowro for hosting. Draft was just awesome. It's just, you know, wish we could all see each other again. Then did a week one recap. A lot of, you know, very interesting with the two quarterbacks, seeing how all the teams played out. It was so great not needing to say to everybody, 
Ah, you fucking won your matchup because of Justin Tucker and the Steelers' fucking defense. Right? That felt good. That felt good for everybody involved. And then it's going to be nice not every week having to look at the 18 defenses that get dropped. A lot more skill here involved. will be very, very interesting to track throughout. Uh, good luck to everybody. And, you know, wishing everyone just the best as we uh, as we head into another season. And, like I said, really taking requests. Really would love to understand what people want um, from this. What more I can do. We'll do more interviews. All that. Uh, with that, I'm your host, Jake Weiss. This has been Fantasies from the Bedroom, where we make all of your fantasies come true. September 14th, week one recap. Talk to you next week.